Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. You know how I told you I worked with my Uncle Jacob? I help him clear demons from people. Hey, what the hell are you doing? Do you know what time it is? I swear I just saw something go past the camera. You know what? I... I get this feeling that something really bad's gonna happen soon. Really bad. Something big's coming. No! I don't know, it's just a gut feeling. I wish I knew, but... That's four in one month. We've never had four in a month before. Something's wrong. Stop, you wanna know what's going on? I give you full permission to clear me today. Don't step inside the circle. Do not step inside this circle. Maybe you're right. We've never needed holy water for a clearing before. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 468. Releasing in Australia on October 19 on DVD and Blu-ray is The Possessed, an Australian-made horror movie based on true events that stars John Jarrett as a simple man with the extraordinary ability to cleanse those afflicted with demonic possession. A supernatural creature feature filled with strong effects in a distinct Australian flair, The Possessed also marks the latest film from Aussie horror director Chris Sun, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Chris, how are you today? Good champion yourself. How are you, mate? I'm very, very, very good, and I got to say, it's. I think it's been a long time coming having you on, on this podcast because I've talked to Aussie directors before about horror films, but I haven't had the Chris Sun experience yet. So I'm looking forward to this <laughs> conversation we're going to have. <laughs> well, Amy, well, hopefully, it's a good experience, mate. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. I've been listening to a bunch of your interviews over the last week or so in preparation, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the chat. And before we go on. I just want everyone to know that you can actually go to slaughterfx.com.au and put in pre-orders for The Possessed. That's available now, so you can do that over there um, and put in your pre-orders. Like I said, the movie comes out October 19. And I know if you already started shipping off some DVDs and Blu-rays already for people putting blue um, orders, so um, that's really good to hear. And I, I recommend everyone else do it as well. Get their get their Halloweens into gear and uh, watch a good Aussie horror movie. Um, and this one's really interesting, Chris, because I, I mentioned before, based on true events, and, you know, it's a 
a tagline that's used in horror films quite a bit from The Exorcist onwards. But this one is actually based on, on you know, not necessarily the whole movie, but at least the John Jarrett character on a man named Mark Gardner, who, um, from what I know, doesn't live too far off from yourself. Is that Chris? Is that how you kind of uh, met him and knew of him in the first place? Correct, mate. So in actual fact, I've got real footage of Mark performing exorcisms. Uh, what happened was a, a couple of years ago before COVID, I traveled around Australia filming a little TV show for myself, like a YouTube show that I'm going to release next year called The Dark Side Down Under, mm-hmm. where I'd go out with different celebrities or different people and we look for ghosts, Bigfoot, you know, the Yowies, all sorts of stuff. And I met Mark Gardner through this, you know, this guy telling me that he does these exorcisms uh, or clearings, sorry. He doesn't use the word exorcism. He performs yeah. clearings. So, you know, naturally, I mean, I'm the horror guy, so, you know, I do this stuff for make-believe, and, and most of the time, those that know my movies know that I don't take things too seriously. I love the comedy aspect as well. I like to make things fun and light. So I was intrigued by this guy telling me that, you know, I've pulled demons out of people and stuff like that, and and you're right, champ. Most horror movies now will use based on a true story or based on real events, and, and nowadays people are like, oh, another fucking based on a true story. In other words, bullshit. So for me, it was like, you know what? I want to go meet this guy, find out if this is legit. Like, does this guy really pull, you know, demonic you know, demons out of people? And I got to tell you, I was absolutely blown away. And the way, like, you know, you, you YouTube these, you know, exorcisms or clearings and there's people yeah, yeah, doing all this crazy shit. And then there's people that are just calm and these things are coming out of them. And, and the way he does it, though, is instead of the people losing their plot, and by the way, he did try to p- perform a clearing on me. I don't think it fucking worked. I think I'm still, I think I'm still possessed. But and that's we've actually got footage of that as well. But he doesn't like he whatever comes out of them goes into him, and then he reacts. Yeah. So in the film, people will see John like you know and doing all this stuff. That's because the 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 demons are making him do all the work. And then in real life, so when Mark did this, it was still a bit random to watch i've got to be honest with you but then once he's taken the 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 entity out of the body he goes outside barefoot and then he does this whole thing again where he sends whatever it is back into the ground now it's quite extraordinary for somebody to fake this like this what he's doing it'd be like you'd have to be a pretty weird kind of cat and the thing is that he doesn't charge money he doesn't publicize himself. So those out there going, oh, this guy. No, he doesn't do any of that. I've met somebody from the Catholic Church. The church actually get him to go and perform clearings. He does get phone calls from even businesses. Like there was a big lawyer firm in Brisbane that called him to come in and perform like a clearing thing with another guy on their building. Not because they thought that there was ghosts or anything, but they wanted to clear any negative energies out. And Mark doesn't look at, okay, yeah, he does look, there is people that are literally, I guess in the term, possessed, you know, like really fucking like, you know, you can tell there's something not right with these people. But Mark doesn't just look at that. He looks at all sorts of different reasons why he needs to perform a clearing on somebody. So mm. you don't have to be, you know, like fucking your head spinning around vomiting green for Mark to come and do a clearing. It could be a lot of things. It could be anxiety, stress. And he believes that there's a scene in the film where um, we're in a nightclub and he, he that's one of his true stories, but the story actually went a different way. Mark was actually, he, he'd been uh, uh, cleared himself yeah. and then he went to a nightclub and he was sitting by himself having a drink and he saw this thing go through the room 
and jump into this guy. And all of a sudden there's a punch up. This guy just went and he was drunk. He was definitely under the influence of alcohol. But he witnessed that and that's, and then he started, as the fight was happening, he started reacting like gagging and, and freaking out. So he quickly got out of there. And that's where that was. So every, the, every one of the clearings in the film is one of Mark's stories, but obviously I gave it, we'll call it the Hollywood twist a little bit, yep. you know, uh, whereas you do see, and, and again, those that know my films, including you, Maddie, that you know I love practical effects. It's my thing, right? If I can make a fucking a monster on screen, I'm going to make it. So for me, it was like giving the audience something visual to see because in Mark's world, you don't see anything half the time. Mm. He pulls it from you. It goes into him. It goes into the ground. That would be kind of boring for a movie. You know, people be like, well, I didn't see it. You know, that's more of a documentary. So, you know, for me, it was talking to Mark about what would these things look like or you know if you and he has seen you know demons but those particular uh monsters that you see in the film they were partially designed by mark but mainly rob stanley my artist and myself we created you know the demons that you see on screen so we gave the audience something visual bro when it comes to the method of cleansing or exorcism in a movie it's very different than what i've seen in like in every other film um, of course, I think a lot of people kind of refer back to something like The Exorcist with the Roman ritual and all the kind of like the bells and whistles that comes with that. When I watch what John Jarrett does in the movie the, and what I've seen of Mark's own videos like on YouTube and such, he almost kind of like a mix between like a shaman and kind of like an evangelical pastor speaking in tongues. There's the, the hands are waving, there's a there's a vocalisation to it, but the, but the words are very kind of like um, uh, gibberish, but there's a kind of like a logic behind the gibberish as well. When you watch that and John watches that, what's that method like in getting John to kind of learn that kind of stuff and kind of and then reciprocating that on screen for, for your movie? Yes, yeah, sir. Well, when Mark does a clearing, I'll just go through that for the audience real quick that haven't seen the film. You're right. He does wave his hand and he moves it up and down the body. And for him, it's like he's getting the people to repeat. He's like, whose body is this? And yeah. they have to say their name. So they're saying to the entity, this is it. So John watched some of Mark's exorcisms and we spoke a lot. And throughout, like Mark cleared uh, uh, an actor friend of mine. I won't name him at this stage, but he did clear the guy. And um, uh, he his background, I think, is Dutch or mm. something like that, right? And throughout this clearing, Mark started speaking in Dutch. Mark doesn't know fucking Dutch, right? right. Like It was really cool. It was like, okay, what's going on there? But of course, with JJ, it was about, okay, how do we create this? How do we still keep a little bit of Mark, but, you know, create you and, and stuff like that? And we came up with, you know, speaking in tongues rather than different languages, because that would have been a bit more of a challenge to get fluent. Whereas, mm. as you know, with tongue, we can just sort of create our own dialogue, you know, what we want to, to come out. And for John, it was about, you know, staying partially true to Mark in the actual moment, like in the, the, the aggressive moment, but also creating his own version of that. And also, let's keep in mind too, JJ, I love you. You're going to hear this probably. We know he's not getting, actually, he said to me the other day, I'm fucking 70. So he's not getting any younger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I'm fucking 70. So, um, yeah, obviously we had to do stuff keeping in mind of, of JJ not, you know, the, you know, not wearing him out too much because it was actually really draining on him. And in fact, Again, it won't spoil it for the, uh, the fans out there or the people going to watch the film, but there is an exorcism in it that John did the take. He falls to his knees. Matt, you'll probably know which one I'm talking about. He falls to his knees and Lincoln's character comes in. Now, 
when John did that, first, yeah, a couple of those takes, I said, John, we've got to go again. He's like, oh, fuck, really? I'm like, we've got mm. to go again. I know you can give me more, right? And it's a, John and I have worked together a few times, Matt, as you know. And, in fact, we're working together on something else, right? And he said, okay, fuck, right, because it was, it was so draining on him to do this particular one. He came back out and we, like, we had a quick chat. He came out and he did it again. And he got up after, and this is the moment that I'll never forget as a director. It was a very powerful moment between John and I. John embraced me, grabbed me really tight. He was borderline, I think, tearing up. He said, you were fucking right. He said, that felt perfect. That felt like I've just exercised somebody. That felt like, uh, sorry, this demon came out of my body. Like, that was it. And we had this magical moment that I'll never forget on set, the old lion and the young lion, and together we created, I believe, a, a really a magical little moment for John's career. Because as John said, in my whole acting career, I've never done this. And then to do that, I feel like an actor tonight. And that was a proud moment for me as an independent up-and-coming director to have that that moment with John. The thing that I love about the casting of, of John Jarrett in the, in the role of um, Jacob in this movie is that you know, the character like Mark Gardner himself is very unassuming. He's just this bloke living up in Queensland. He's got his Hawaiian shorts, might be walking around with his shorts and thongs and such as well. You wouldn't yep. think that he's kind of like a master of the universe of the way that he can do these kind of like gives and such. And John Jarrett himself kind of like in his um in his role as kind of like an elder statesman of Australian cinema and TV as well. It's kind of like that as well. It's kind of like the Aussie uncle to, to for all of us in like a familiar face. I'm sure when you're thinking of someone to find to play the role of Jacob, I'm sure John Jarrett, having worked with him before, would have been on top of your list to kind of take that role on. Absolutely. Look, John's one of those actors that you can just trust that's going to do the job, right? So you talk to JJ and, you know, you, 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 like with, with all directors, actors, we've both got visions and where we want to go, what we want to do, and we try to meet in the middle. But John's that guy that you can call. And if John likes the script, John's in. Right. If he likes the script, if he does, if the script shit, he doesn't know I'm out. I don't want to be involved in that. And John also loves the challenge, you know, like he wants to keep challenging himself. So I know when I call JJ and go, John, I've written this script. It's fucking, you know, something you've never done. And you get to rip, you know, demons out of people. It's going to prick his interest straight away. Hmm. And of course, the one thing I love about John again is he's also a fan of my work. Like he's a fan of my scripts. And it's good to work with people that actually want to support you and see you grow and are a fan of your work because that makes the relationship so much better. As I'm a huge Mick Taylor fan, like everybody else out there, we all want to see Mick kill people, right? That's that's what we want to see. But we've got to remember that John is an actor as well. He doesn't always want to be Mick Taylor. He wants to be Jacob. He wants to be other characters and do other things. So, yeah, Matt, he, he's the guy I know that I can ring who's going to come on set, he's going to... Uh, uh, um, respect, love, and, and and grow me as a director, teach me as well, but he's also going to listen and give me the best that he can give. And and I feel so blessed to have already made a couple of films with JJ. Like, I mean, what a, a legendary, iconic Aussie. And like you said, he is like everybody's uncle. Yeah. yeah. Look, he's the only fucker I know that I can send a message and for some reason he will send back a fucking chicken emoji. Nobody knows <laughs> why. But he's got this thing with chicken emojis, all right? Like, hey, JJ, how you going? Chicken emoji. I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you love. 
The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. You know, the interesting thing about this film, To Possessed, as compared to your other movies as well, is that, yeah, it is a horror movie, but it's different in that your previous films have dealt with killers, monsters, people of flesh and bone, um, not very much to paranormal. Uh, to Possess really does go down that road, with the, the, of course, with the paranormal road, with demons and such. And with that, you, you know, you have, to, you have to have kind of like, along with the practical effects, you need to have computer graphics as well, CGI. And I think for yourself, like maybe you have dealt with that before, maybe little bits and pieces with the other films, but having to go down that road in such a heavy way with this movie, what was that experience like with you? What was your approach to doing CGI? Keeping in mind, of course, all of us need to know that this is an independent Australian film, budget, there's budget constraints, et cetera. But having kept that in mind, I've got to say that the effects on screen that I, that I watched last night, they were actually really quite impressive, actually, for the film and actually really blend really well to the practical elements that are, that are featured in the movie. Look, I think, and cheers for that, bro, and we'll touch base on them as well because that was nerve-wracking, to be honest with you, with a lot of visual effects. But when they approached me about rewriting and, and taking over and, and creating this script and this movie for them, of course you think about the greats like the James Wans of the world, all these masters of horror that, you know, you look up to that, that make these suspense paranormal movies that are just on the edge of your seat. But then you got to sit back and, because there was somebody at the start going, oh, you know, I want it like a, you should, Chris, think of it like a James Wan. I'm like, well, no, that's Chris Sun is, I'm Chris Sun filmmaker. You know, this is how I do things and how I write things. So I went into this with that paranormal aspect, but also I knew there was going to be that comedy side of it. I knew there was going to be lots of practical effects, which James and stuff, you know, like they're, they're, they, they can, he's the master of making you jump every second. It's fucking mm. phenomenal. I, for some reason, can't do that, right? That being said, you have a really good one in the movie. Um, I I'm not going to tell yeah. people where it is, but there is a really good jump scare in the film, really unexpected. Actually, there is, actually. But, I, you know, I, I would love to be that good, though, where I could do a film that just relied on this beautiful cinematography and stuff. For me, it's about, okay, you know, what size monster can I make or how can I fuck it up? And, you know, as in you know, the attacks or the kills or the blood and guts, but this film doesn't have any of that. You know, it's got those monsters or the demons, but you're right, it is about the paranormal and stuff. So I was very nervous about the digital effects. Again, coming from a, uh, you know, practical effects background and then having all this digital stuff scares me because you're right, we do have budget constraints. We had to do all this digital stuff on a very tight budget. And it's so easy for guys out there that have never made a film. Oh, CG so cheap now. Motherfucker, you have no clue, mm. right? Anybody can do a little bomb effect on their phone. You're not going to put that in a fucking, you know, uh, Michael Bay movie, you know, they're going to mm. go and get proper digital effects and create this stuff. So the original script, Matt, one day I'll let you read it because it was really advantageous, man. I had all this cool shit in there for digital stuff I thought I could do. But then reality kicked me in the nuts and went, Chris, you can't, you can't afford that. All right? right. So we created what we did. And, and, and I do thank you for the kind words on that because I think that Cumulus, who did the visual effects, within our budget, we did extremely well, like with all the dust effects. And yeah. it was important that, you know, when Jacob sends these things back into the ground, again, if I didn't add that 
that effect, it would just be kind of like, ah, and people would be like, what the fuck? You know, what's happening? So by creating this dust, you can at least visually see this demon leaving his body. And I think that was really cool. Um, so I am extremely, like, I'm extremely proud of the possessed and the digital uh, aspect of it. And obviously, the goal is with each film to get better and mm. learn and, and you know, listen and get more creative and, and be bolder, especially being an Aussie filmmaker. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because I'm not only an indie filmmaker, but it's like people that watch my films around the world, they, they do respond and react like it's a big studio film, whether they love it or hate it. They're acting like we had a hundred million dollars to make this picture. When in reality, we had under three, you know, three million dollars when it was all said and done. Right. So, you know, for me, and that's a big budget for us Aussies, mate. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> if we, if we can get three million bucks. You know, that's a micro budget in America, but for us, that's a, you know, heaven. So I'm just going back, I'm, I'm uber proud of the visual effects. I, I learned a lot. I did learn a lot. And, you know, going forward for any movies now, I'm a lot smarter and understand how visual effects works. I mean, going into, I mean, we did some visual effects of Boar, as everybody knows, but we didn't have to do as much like with this film. So when people see it, they'll get it. You know, we had a digital monster back there, which was great with the pig, but now we had to create demons, floating yeah. things. And and again, you know, uber proud. And, and you know, I can't take anything away from the performers, the actors, uh, you know, Romy Poulier is one that, again, we won't spoil the film, but, you know, she plays the, the, the role of Nancy and, and, and what she does. And, and Angie Kent, you know, being possessed and getting the real, real makeup done, you know, practically she'd never done that. She comes from Gogglebox mm. and then having to get, you know, prosthetics done. And, and Jade Kevin Foster, look, here's the story about Jade Kevin Foster. I went out Yowie hunting with Jade Kevin Foster. I said, Jade, here's a piece of wood. The Yowie hunters say it's called tree knocking. If you bang on the tree three times and then we listen to see if the Yowies will bang back. And Jade's, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, a gay international model. He's, he's the funniest guy ever, right? So I, the mistake I made, folks, was I gave Jade a big piece of wood. That's the mistake <laughs> I made, right? Because all he had to do was hit a fucking tree. So I was like, Jade, we got the camera set up. We got everything going. Go action, Jade. Jade swings, misses the tree, fucking sack wax me, man. I'm out for the count. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Out for the count. But I, I fell in love with his character when we did that show. And that's why I brought him into the possessed because he really brings the comic relief, mm. you know, to the film in so many spots. And again, when you read the script, there was a lot more. And we actually shot a lot more. As you know, Matt, you, you, a lot of stuff ends on the cutting room floor. But what I think we left in there was, you know, the best that we could deliver, you know, for this film. And I'm definitely proud of it and everybody involved. The other cool thing about The Possessed is that, you know, usually when it comes to demonic possession movies, the the spirit, the the, the demons themselves, they, they are personified through their host. Their host takes on the caricatures of, of what they are. In this movie, you do have that, but you also have the demons themselves. They appear on the screen, different monstrous forms. And you mentioned before how Mark gave a little bit of input of what he's seen, but then yourself and your team take that and then you build what you can with it. When it comes to the designs that you are dealing with in regards to those demonic characters, do you reference theology books? Do you reference uh, religious books? Or is it something that's more you're looking at kind of classic kind of like Hollywood or um, or um, horror kind of like cinema and then you get your influence from there? Absolutely. Some of them we do. Like Rob Stanley, uh, you know, who I will give all the credit to here, you know, for, for these designs, although we all worked hand in hand, but, you know, the guy is a phenomenal artist. He would research a lot of stuff, like Asmodeus as an example. Again, we won't give away too much, but Asmodeus is the demon of lust. 
mm. in this film. And that's actually a real exorcism that Mark had done that I, with, a, with one of his family friends. So the woman tied to a chair, that's pretty much how he explained it. I just added the, the demon coming out. You know, we definitely research. I mean, people can Google all the demons and see what they look like, like Akamana. Uh, Akamana is actually the demon from, I think it's the Sandra Bullock movie, the one with the birds. Oh, uh, um, bird, bird Box, Bird Box. Yeah, Bird Box. Cool. I believe yeah. Akamana, that's the demon because you don't right. really see him, but he controls everybody. Um, so we obviously created Akamana, but, you know, you would go out and look at different images, stuff like that. Rob loves that research, you know, and, and, and getting basic ideas, but all the demons that you see are all completely our designs, um, you know, with definitely you know, hints of, of inspiration, bro, from different things from the past or artists or or, you know, um, demonic creations, you know, from yesteryear. So we just pretty much look at that, then we throw it all out and go, let's design. And that's what I love about Rob. Rob's become so good now, like James Wan, they're all using Rob to mm. do their you know, poster designs. And it's good to see another local Sunny Coaster working. You know, he worked with the, the Stranger Things guys, all different people now. So it's good to see somebody that just started off, you know, well, I mean, he's been doing horror art for many, many moons, but helping me out and then moving on now to these big, you know, studio films as well. So I think the new Salem's Lot, stuff like that, when you guys see it, uh, that's all Rob Stanley, man. So, you know, well, well, a lot of his artwork. So definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, I think it's coming out next year now, maybe next April. So that keeps yeah. keep pushing that one back. Um, final question here I just want to ask is that, again, I don't want to give away any spoilers as well, but it does seem to me that there's potential for Jacob's story to continue. Um, if all goes well with the possessed, which I hope it really does, um, all goes well and, uh, you know, there's potential for, you know, a sequel. Do you already have ideas in mind of where you could take Jacob in, uh, in uh, his other characters uh, in this world? I think, yeah, just a, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Chris, oh, you leave all your movies open for a sequel, and I kind of do. <laughs> you know, like, boy, Charlie's Farm, will Tara come back? You never know, right? But um, with with this one, yes, there, there totally is. And see, Mark has got so many stories. Like, he's been doing this for a long, long time. Um, and, of course, you know, we could easily recreate them and stuff. I would love to see more of Jacob and his wife, you know, because in real life, and, and uh, you know, with, um, I think Mark would be okay with me saying this, sometimes he'll take a demon from somebody, he'll perform a clearing, and it doesn't leave his body properly. Uh, properly, properly. That's a new word. We can claim that. Right? <laughs> Hashtag properly, everyone. Uh, but anyway, he takes these demons in and... During sexual intercourse, unfortunately, it would get transferred into his partner. Right. Um, most people just get him preggers. He gets them fucking possessed. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on there. But it over the years, it's created a massive toll on, on, on his family life and stuff like that. So his wife is actually a fascinating story in itself on, on, the, on the possessions that she's been through and what these demons have done to her. Mm-hmm. And you could make a movie just on those two. You know, and, and, and how this happens. And again, it, like you said, bro, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Exorcist. Yeah. I, I, just fucking amazing film. And any exorcism film, independent or big budget, I'm going to watch them. I love them. You know, but what makes this one different is the whole vibe, the whole story. There's no priest. There's no nothing. As you said, a guy with a fucking, you know, uh, Hawaiian t-shirts on, you know, cruising around, but. You know, imagine if we could delve more into his family life and the nephew, although Lincoln Lewis, wonderful, love you, Link. In real life, Mark does have a nephew, but he didn't, you know, go with him and perform clearings. But I want to push into that more, you know, like the future of it. So eventually it would become 
not based on a true story. You know, you could do like a sequel easily and keep it within the true story realms of all the, all the clearings mm. and his wife. But eventually you could take this on. There was, we were in talks a while back about turning it into a television show. Right. So an actual series of this guy and all these different clearings and stuff. And I look, I don't know, 2023 we'll have a look. But, um, you know, right now, you know, I'm working on two other projects, uh, you know, so we'll see what 2023 brings anyway. Excellent. So for everyone out there listening, October 19, releasing DVD and Blu-ray in Australia, Depossess. Like I said before, you can go to got the address here. Oh, what's going on with my computer? Oh, it's <laughs> www.slaughterfx.com.au. In for the or, save, beautiful. Yeah. Or Umbrella, iTunes, all those places, guys. You can get anywhere. Definitely a big shout-out to Umbrella, too, for supporting yeah. Aussie filmmakers, mate, and releasing my film. Uh, Ari and the team, you're a fucking bunch of legends, mate. They are. They've been really good. They got um, to me, back to me with a screener, and uh, they helped with this facility this as well. And I really recommend people do check out The Possessed. Um, it's the right kind of horror movie for, for a lot of people. It's scary. It's funny. Um, it's got great kind of effects work. It's an Australian independent horror feature and a lot of uh, Aussie horror fans need to back uh, those films. And Chris Sun, I thank you so very much for your time today. And look, man, when those new projects come to light, let me know. I'd love to talk to you again and uh, watch those films. And uh, yeah, until then, best of luck with the film's release and take care. Thanks, brother.